Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 248 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, here with my co-host, as always, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are we doing this evening? Doing well. You know, we're we're trudging along through the July days, and, you know, we're just a couple weeks away now. We're going to be talking about some training camp stuff today. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I, I am just wishing July away. Yeah, yeah, we, we're getting closer and closer, which means it's time for training camp talk, and I can't think of anyone better to break, get into some training camp uh, nitty-gritty than Aaron Freeman at Falk Fans. Aaron, it's been, uh, we, we had a little hiatus, uh, you know, for, for the dead zone here, but we've got you back on now just a couple weeks before training camp. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I appreciate, Kevin, you having me on. You're, you're the only person who I feel like can out-nerd me when it comes to roster stuff. So I, I feel like I'm in a, in a, in a great place. Yes, uh, this is this is this is safe space here. You know, <laughs> yeah. you can talk about Clifford Chapman's uh, chances of making the roster <laughs> yes. uh, if you if you want. You know, and someone here will have a vague idea of who that is. So uh, it's really a great place for for those sorts of discussions. But yeah, guys, as as you can see from the title today, we're going to get into the offense. Some of the the most interesting battles we're going to be watching on offense. Some of the players that we're interested in hearing from, seeing more from, uh, and we'll just sort of uh, take it take it where it goes tonight. Uh, Appreciate and everyone. Oh yeah, go ahead. Background, yeah. Just some background. Aaron, a few weeks ago, we did do our uh, record predictions, and you know, you're more than welcome to uh, provide yours as well. But uh, Kevin, Eric, and myself all said that the Falcons would win double-digit games. You know, spring hope is eternal, and <laughs> you know, the uh, the reader, the viewers said that we were being a bit too positive. So of course, we had to balance that out by bringing you onto the show. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see if I can give a record prediction. Although I don't know if I'll be too far off what you guys probably had. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I well, last year we were all you know we still predicted losing records. I think we all did. So it was. It's not like we're crazy homers predicting double digit wins every year. Too. Yeah, we got so. attacked for being too negative last year, and now you yep. know now yep. we're positive. Exactly. So we're gonna we're gonna get into it, guys. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, before we get into that, though, do want to read you a couple of message. Messages from our sponsors. First of all, Bet Online. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Or perhaps feeling overly confident in the Falcons or liking some other uh, NFL futures bets, you can get on those right now before the rest of the league catches up after training camp. But no matter what bets you guys decide to make, BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, just like the network, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and of course everyone's favorite ad and i know uh, jason Gaines in the chat already mentioned it 
uh, that you know now now Aaron can can critique my Blue Chew ad here. But guys, it is Blue Chew, and today's show is of course sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, no, it could be awkward, but let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them any time, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription online within days. The best part? It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Look, guys, BlueChew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. I still can't get through that line without cracking a smile. So great job there, BlueChew. But we also have a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code BUCKET. That's B-U-C-K-E-T. At checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code BUCKET, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And once again, we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. So, uh, Aaron, what do you, what do you think? How would you, how would you rate my, I don't know if I can match yours. Cause I don't, I don't think I can ever beat, um, speaking of rising up. I think that was pretty legendary, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the rise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that uh, was my was favorite one. That was my it favorite. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you a B plus on that one. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. I have to live up to your standards. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no chance of that, but no, no awkward conversations for you guys. The only conversation that will be had is by us uh, on yes, the show. Exactly. So we, we get so to we're, deal we're, with the awkwardness. Yeah. 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 Well, we're, we're, we're pulling that albatross <laughs> from your guys' neck on that one. Yeah. 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 Joe Schmo says it's too late for the Falcons to change their battle cry to chew it and do it. You know, not yet. We could make, we could get that going. Um, maybe we can work that into some like preseason name. We'll somehow. hit up, we'll hit up Greg Jukes. We'll, we'll pitch yeah. the idea. Yeah. We can. Yeah. Blue Chew, hit up, uh, hit up the Falcons. Maybe we could get something going official. So <laughs> guys, okay. We will, uh, we will get to some actual football talk now. Um, yeah, well, Aaron, you are a guest of honor. I don't know uh, if you have a particular battle you want to cover first. I'll give you the first opportunity to, uh, to to shoot your shot. Which which group or which particular battle or players are you most interested in seeing on offense this year? Well, since you're giving me the floor, Kevin, this is my <laughs> golden opportunity to talk all about Felipe Franks. No, I knew no. it. I knew um, it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I, to me, on offense, probably the most compelling battles are going to be on the offensive line. For some of those depth roles, like the swing tackle position, you know, is Jalen Mayfield on the bubble? Is Justin Schaefer on the bubble? Is Javon Gwynn on the bubble? It feels like at least one of those offensive linemen that we drafted over the last three years is going to get cut this summer. Um, and, you know, the swing tackle position is is definitely up for grabs in in terms of, you know, who's there. You know, is it Joshua Miles? Is it... Um, can't even think of the other players. <laughs> um, Josh Miles, Barry, some other guys. Barry Wesley. Um, <laughs> Ethan Greenwich, <laughs> the slander. Yeah. I, I'm honestly Tyler, blanking Tyler on who else. Vrabel. Tyler Vrabel. Tyler Vrabel. There's one other guy. But, um, you know, is Jalen Mayfield going to be in the mix there? Barry Wesley. Yeah, Barry Wesley. Yeah. There you go. XFL star. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like that swing tackle position is probably going to be that position that we kind of circle heading into training camp uh, as a position that they might, you know, address at the end of training camp, you know, off the waiver wire, because I'm not 100% convinced that they'll, someone will emerge over the course of the summer and, and make them feel confident 
that that guy can be a plug and play starter in the event of a injury to Jake Matthews or, or Caleb McGarry. We saw them go out there and get Chuma Adoga last year uh, at the start of the season for that exact reason, because they weren't necessarily happy with Jermaine Effetti and some of those other guys at that spot. So it feels like we're going to be back in that situation again this year, but at the same time, you know, maybe Barry Wesley, you know, takes, you know, goes from the XFL to the NFL and and is the new Matt Gano or something like that. So um, that's going to be one of all those battles for some of those key depth roles is going to be really intriguing for me. And of course, I got to mention Ryan Newsle, Newsflash uh, here on, on this podcast. So yeah, all those guys are going to be really, you know, players that I'm focused on throughout the summer. Yeah. I think the, the, the offensive line is one of the more intriguing ones. And I don't, did you even mention left guard? Yeah, I mean, I figured we were going to talk about the starting <laughs> Yeah, okay, job, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that yeah, we could. Yeah. I know you're more interested in the depth one, guys, but, as you said, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... But, it's... You, know, you know me. I, I, love, <laughs> I love a second and third string roster battle. So, you know... I mean, yeah. Oh, starter? Who cares about the starters? You know, give me the third <laughs> string guys. Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones that we're going to end up having to play, right? So, um, but... <laughs> no, so, so far, uh, so good on that front. But, no, I think you brought up a lot of... Honestly, some of the unheralded battles, because a lot of people, I think, figured that people would just go for the low-hanging fruit of, like, wide receiver. But I think the most impactful, because I think wide receiver one and two are set. Wide receiver three is probably set. So it's like, how impactful are the battles there? Like, really, if we're talking about wide receiver four through five or four through six. So I think you're absolutely right that the more important battles are actually on the offensive line. Left guard, more low-hanging fruit. That's, like, one of the only true battles for a starting position on the offense. Um, but I, I think also swing tackle is really important and going in, I think we also just sort of assumed it was going to be Jermaine Effetti and then they cut him. So now there's not really that veteran presence. There's no clear favorite anymore. And I don't blame anyone that, uh, can't remember which, you know, offensive tackle depth guys they have. And, you know, I brought this up on, um, an episode a couple days ago that was, you know, are they going to sign a veteran? Like you said, and I, I, I sort of think that they probably will. Uh, I, I guess I find it hard to believe that they're going to be comfortable rolling with these guys as their actual swing tackles, but there's always a chance that one of these guys is that sort of Matt Gono type of player that may be unheralded. I mean, I think Josh Miles, when he has played, has graded out decently on his couple hundred snaps or whatever. Ethan Greenidge was a guy that made the roster with the Saints a couple times but got hurt. Um, so there, there's some intrigue there, but very little in the way of like proven talent. Um, but yeah, uh, let's, let's start with swing tackle. We'll, you know, we'll make people wait for the meat of the, the left guard battle. Let's start with swing tackle. Love doing this. Yeah. Just really tease it out. Um, let me get another blue chew ad real quick. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one folks. Relax. You could, you could bring the children back in the room, but, um, yeah, it's, I think honestly that the big question is, you know, who do they like best and, and who, I, you know, to me, I think I kind of lean towards Josh Miles because he has the most NFL experience. I know Barry Wesley has some fans and I know Ethan Greenwich has some, maybe some guard flexibility, so that could help. And then of course, like you mentioned, like Tyler Vrabel and Jalen Mayfield are also in the mix. I think everyone's just sort of written off Jalen Mayfield, but um, let me give Adnan a chance to weigh in here too. How interested are you in the offense, the swing tackle battle, Adnan? I'm uh, I'm I'm thrilled. I, I'm <laughs> I, I'm so exuberant right now. I can't it's wait. Mildly to... aroused, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you would be much more aroused than mildly if you if you uh, took on that blue chew ad. So yes, that's true. Nice. 
Blue Chew needs to give us more money, by the way. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really, we're, we're doing too much. We got to back off because we need to get the money code. first. Yeah, yeah, you said promo code, yeah. <laughs> well, we're really plugging this way. No, uh, I don't think that the, I don't think that the swing tackle of the regular season is on the roster right now. Um, Just like with the running back, uh, I think the, te- the team does want to carry a fourth running back because, Caleb Huntley is going to be out for the season. And I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I think swing tackle and running back, I think those are the two spots where we may even see a free agent signing. I'm expecting us to see a free agent signing by week one, just because, you know, right and left tackle are set with uh, Matthews and McGarry, of course. None of these other guys really, you know, strike much confidence. Uh, and I, I'm just not a believer. I hope that someone comes, uh, you know, comes out of nowhere and proves me wrong. And, you know, I'm sitting here and it is a Matt Gono situation, maybe possibly from a couple of years ago. But I, I mean, of course, uh, I am intrigued and I, I am rooting for guys like, you know, Tyler Rabel, Barry Wesley, like these guys to, you know, Ethan Green, uh, Greenage to, to really take that swing tackle role by by the neck and to really make it theirs but i don't expect it to happen and i expect that the team will you know sign sign a veteran by week one yeah no i i don't disagree with you at all there but it they've sort of taken this tack at like several positions right you mentioned like running back too like i sort of feel like they have to sign guys there unless they're planning to actually give like Bijan and algier and patterson like carries in the preseason but we could see like two more running backs signed because Caleb Huntley's going to go on the PUP and like how many snaps are we actually giving to Bijan and Tyler? Are we just giving Carlos Washington Jr. like 25 carries in the preseason? I mean, maybe, he would probably love that. Yeah. That's the preseason. Well, who was it? Was it Teron Ward a few years ago? Yeah, who just got yeah. all the carries yeah. handled yeah. in the last preseason game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be the summer of Carlos Washington. There you go. I mean, they, they clearly like him because they haven't had anyone yet, but um yeah back to the offensive tackle spot i i am curious if like i think i agree with what adon's saying that they're probably going to go for a veteran there's a lot of veteran tackles still out there so that obviously helps things i, I don't think they're going to be expensive in terms of going after anybody like that but like you know it, is taylor lawan gonna sign somewhere for starting money or is he gonna have to take a, a prove it deal you know at this point i don't know but you would have to think if he's willing to take a prove-it deal, he, reuniting with Arthur Smith would be high up his list. I'd be excited to see that. Um, you know, more likely you're probably looking at someone a little bit further down the list. Um, you know, I think Chris Hubbard's out there. I think he's a decent swing tackle. We could get yeah, the Tom Compton reunion, the deep cut Shanahan uh, reunion there with Tom Compton. Jawan James, you know. For a little bit, didn't he? He did start, I think. At some point for somebody. I don't think it was last year, but no, at some last point recently. Like, yeah. what, what, I think it was the Vikings in like 20, like af, after the Falcons, like uh, yeah. fiasco. I also want to say he started on the 49ers the, the year they went to the Super Bowl in 2019. It was yeah, a like, Super yeah. Bowl tackle, like, you, you yeah. know, as a backup. <laughs> Tom, he is 34, but if he's your swing tackle, I mean, that's fine. Um, you know, I know someone in the chat mentioned Dennis Kelly. He's played with Arthur Smith before as well. So there's there's, there's a lot of tackles out there still. So it's, it, it's probably not going to break the bank. Yeah. And also, players tend to get players tend to move off of their financial position and tend to 
listen to some of these lower offers from teams the closer we get to the regular season and the more that they see that hey you know i i'm out of a job right now and september's coming up yeah so it it could be that but yeah i I am curious aaron do you as well think it's probably going to end up being a veteran signing or do you think it there is the future swing tackle on the, the roster right now yeah i'm leaning towards someone not currently on the team i think the dolphins are an interesting situation because they have a lot of sort of veteran guys that are basically failed starters uh in the league at tackle like kendall lamb and jerron christian and you know austin jackson and leah meikenberg and they just picked up isaiah Wynn. and i think what's notable to me is kendall lamb played at app state when Dwayne ledford was the uh, offensive line coach there jerron Qu- christian was drafted by washington and of course kyle smith now the Falcons assistant GM was the guy running the draft room when they drafted him. And then the Falcons assistant offensive line coach, Sean Flaherty, was an assistant with the Dolphins for two years. I think he worked with both the offensive line and the tight end. So when they drafted Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson, he was there uh, during those years. So if those guys wind up getting cut, and of course, you know, Isaiah Wynn, um, you know, being a Georgia boy, um, you know, if any of those guys wind up getting cut, I would imagine – you know, the Falcons would scoop up one of those guys just because they have just a little bit more experience if, you know, the Falcons don't go and sign one of these free agents that you guys just mentioned. So I think the Dolphins are going to be interesting because they're going to, you know, we're going to get that preseason game. We're going to get those joint practices in early August. So, like, they'll be able to see these guys up close and personal, and they do have some connections with some of these players So uh, and some familiarity. So I think that's a team – that is worth circling as a couple of options if they do the waiver wire thing at the end of the uh, training camp. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I I would be surprised if we don't see at least some better rendition. But it could be that one of these guys just really impresses. And I, I do wonder if you guys have a favorite of this group that you think is the most likely to sort of have a have a preseason breakout and prove themselves. I mean, to me, I think it would be Josh Miles because he does have that NFL experience. But Aaron, do you have a, a favorite of these guys that are already here? Yeah, I mean, Josh Miles has been the guy I've been circling all along just because when we signed him, he got guaranteed money and Jermaine Fetty got no guaranteed money. And I was like, <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. Why yeah. did they give guaranteed money to Josh Miles and not Jermaine Fetty? But then the other player that's notable to me is Ethan Greenidge because when the Falcons had their sort of practice at, at MBS and Jake Matthews wasn't there, Ethan Greenidge was taking the first team snaps at left tackle. So because of that familiarity from the saints, you know, it feels like it'll probably be one of those two guys, but at this point in time, you flip a coin and, and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Adnan, do you got any, uh, any thoughts, any favorites right now for that swing tackle spot? Tyler Rabel. Um, and not just because of the name, but you know, sweet. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was here uh, last season throughout uh, that training camp. He has, you know, been with the team for a while. He is familiar with, with the playbook as, you know, as familiar as you need to be uh, on the offensive line. But I mean, right now, if you were twisting my arm and say, and said, you have to pick one of these guys, the guy I would pick is most likely Tyler Vrabel. He was all right in training camp last year too. Like he wasn't, it wasn't a catastrophe. Yeah, no, that's true. Like I think he was solid in the, I thought he would switch to guard because of his arm length, but they seem like they don't care about that arm length uh, at this point, so you know and we'll see. Actual roster spot seems to be a tackle spot at this point instead yeah. of guard. Yeah, so that that brings me, to, of course, to Jalen Mayfield, who we can't get out of here without talking about. I mean, do, 
do you think this is the year? Like, does, does Mayfield stick or does he get cut? I mean, I sort of think that he's probably going to the practice squad, but what do you think, Adnan? Do you think this is the year? Or? Yeah, I think this is it. Um, I will. Uh, anytime we talk about Jalen Mayfield, and I feel like I've gotten annoying at this point, I always <laughs> feel like it's um, it's my moral obligation to mention how how screwed he got by this coaching staff when uh, when they pretty much made him play tackle for all of training camp and all of preseason in year one. And then, you know, right before the season started, they're like, hey, you're our starting left guard. Go out there and block. Um, go out there and block Vita Vea. Go out there and block Fletcher Cox. You know, go out there and block those Giants mo- monster defense. <laughs> Javon Hargrave was his first game. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Jeez. So uh, I think um, I think Mayfield really got dealt a really shitty hand, and it was very avoid it was very avoidable, and I feel very bad for him. But that being said, he still did not perform. Uh, last year, he he started with the ones on day one, looked very bad, and then he you never saw him with the ones again. Uh, he got put. He had an injury which sort of preserved his roster spot throughout the season. But I think out of out of all of the guys, uh, all of those offensive linemen that you mentioned who have been drafted by this team over the past few years, feels like Jalen Mayfield has the least runway at this point. Just because you you've seen you've seen him in action, it hasn't been good. He didn't improve at all last year from what we saw. Um, he didn't do anything that was that improved on year one, should I say. He didn't really play last year. Um, and, you know, I feel like the clock is really ticking at this point. And I do think at the end of the day, he won't be on the roster. But I do think they may try to keep him on the practice squad, if for nothing else, to sort of soften, soften that PR blow of him being a, a third rounder a couple of years ago and just not really contributing anything up until this point yeah no i agree agree with you there uh i do think it's a tough task for him to make it this year and i think it's by design like if he's gonna make it i think they want him to to earn it and not just give him a spot because he's a third round pick aaron what do you think is this is this the end of the Jalen mayfield era or just merely a a bump in the road i mean it should be because uh, (laughs) i'm very curious to see no shade at Jalen. No, Mayfield definitely over, not. All, all, yeah. all the shade at Jalen. <laughs> um, I when we drafted him, I was like, "There's no chance he can stick as a tackle in the NFL. Like, there's no chance." I just, you know, like a guard, he has a shot. Like, I was not that high on Jalen Mayfield when no. we drafted him, but like, I was like, "There's no chance he'll be a tackle. He's he's there's a decent chance that you can turn him into a, a halfway decent guard, but it's going to take some time." And so I'm very curious to see if the Falcons really stick him at tackle. And because based off of that, I'm like, yeah, there's no chance he's going to make it if he's going to be a tackle. But Dwayne Ledford kind of is a miracle worker. So I'm like, you know, if anybody's going to basically, you know, do the unthinkable, do the impossible, maybe maybe Dwayne Ledford can, you know, do some magic or something like that. And and maybe Jalen Mayfield sticks. But, you know, I have him on my 53 man roster prediction, but only because like the team is going to try to save face and not cut their third rounder, you know, three years in, but that's the only reason. 
you know, I had him putting on the roster. I just, we just see this year after year where an NFL team is just going to keep a guy just to keep a guy just so they can sit there and say, look, we, you know, all of our draft picks are still on the roster and that means yeah. something after three years. And, you know, Dimitrov used to do that all the time. So I'll, I'll, I will stand up and applaud Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith if they don't do that. <laughs> um, Cause it just feels like so many NFL teams always do that. So um, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time believing it, but at the same time, like I really have an even harder time believing that Jalen Mayfield as a tackle was going to do enough to make the roster. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I was definitely higher on him than you coming out. In fact, you know, I was like, oh yeah, he's going to be the week one starter at left guard. And like, not for the right reasons that happened, obviously, but (laughs) it ended up coming true and it was terrible. Uh, it was a very bad prediction on my part that ended up being correct, but it, I just feel that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, unless he's had a miraculous turnaround and has been just grinding the entire season he was on IR, which I guess there's a chance of that. Uh, I think it's probably practice squad at this point. Um, and it's like the ultimate, you know, will he even get claimed if he get if he gets cut as a third round pick? I mean, maybe, right. But I think his best shot would have been to stick on the inside, and and I, it's with them moving him back to tackle. That seems like kind of a tacit acknowledgement that like, oof, this guy's not going to cut it. So, um, Jalen, no shade. We we do hope the best for you, obviously. Uh, but and you got dealt a really bad hand. So we yes, I feel like we've acknowledged that a lot. Um, and and so I don't believe it's entirely his fault. But uh, it's going to be tough for him, no question. Uh, before we get to the next segment guys do want to remind you to like and subscribe if you haven't already done so that helps us out in a big way give us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice i want to remind folks that you can donate to the training camp travel fund which we are running right now uh that is streamlabs.com slash the slash tip we appreciate that all those donations go towards the travel fund and make sure to leave a question with that donation as well so we can answer it for you uh, we did have an anonymous donation come in over the week uh, from X with the $10. So X, whoever you are, you know, thank you. Uh, there was no message, so just money. So thank you. I, that's that's cool. Uh, appreciate that. Um, all right. Let's move on to uh, another battle that we referenced. That's left guard, Matthew Bergeron versus Matt Hennessy, the 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 most interesting battle that everyone will be paying attention to. I do. I wonder how this will play out because last year we saw like rotation every day and then they like settled on Elijah Wilkinson pretty quickly. I wonder if that'll be the case here, if they'll do something similar or if it'll be different. Um, But yeah, I'm really interested in that one. I do think that Bergeron has the talent advantage, but Hennessy does have the experience obviously at this point going into his fourth season. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out, if they will roll with the veteran or if they'll give Bergeron an opportunity right off the bat. But uh, odd not, I'll give you the first crack at this. What do you what do you think about that left guard battle? How do you see that playing out? Um, I think it, it will be in the end, and I think they want it to be Matthew Bergeron just because, you know, just talked about the draft, you know, the PR from uh, drafting these dudes and, you know, Matthew Bergeron, I, I think it's a bad look if you trade up in the second round from where the Falcons were. And the guy you traded up for isn't even a day one starter at your position of need. 
uh, quote unquote, that you, you know, drafted him specifically for. Um, but overall, I think Bergeron is, you know, I think he's more talented than Hennessy. I think Hennessy, like you said, he does have the experience. Um, he's been here for a while. Uh, also a former day two pick. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like what Bergeron does. We've seen Matt Hennessy sort of struggle at that position, uh, you know, just strength wise. And I, I feel like Bergeron just will be a, a, a bit of a better fit. Uh, not to say that it won't be, not to say that he, he'll just be handed the job, but I do think that he will beat Matt, Matt Hennessy out. And I don't think that it'll be something like a Matt Hennessy versus Drew Dahlman rotations every single day, uh, all the way down to, you know, the final a roster, the final depth chart right before week one. And we're, we're watching, we're waiting to see who it's going to be. I think Bergeron will end up grabbing a hold of that left guard spot a little bit before then. Uh, maybe not right away, but definitely a little bit after the first, you know, first or second preseason game, we'll look at it like, yeah, the, this is Bergeron's spot to lose. And, you know, I think uh, Hennessy, if he doesn't end up winning that center battle, because I don't think Drew Dahlman will also be given that center battle, I think, Hennessy will be given a chance to fight for that one too. And, you know, I, I think whoever loses that battle will end up being the swing guard. Oh, not made some good points, but I'm curious what uh, Aaron thinks about that battle between the rookie rookie versus veteran, right? Matt Matthew Bergeron versus Matt Hennessy, the battle of the mats as well. So a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, you know, as Adnan said, I think it's, Bergeron should win the job, right? You know, if it's close, you know, you you got to imagine the Falcons, as as Adnan said, they're not going to just give him the job. We've seen this regime be very careful with rookies, all I think in large part due to the Jalen Mayfield situation where they threw a guy out there to the wolves before he was ready. It's why they were slow with Richie Grant. They were a little slow with, you know, Ebiketti and, and Troy Anderson and Desmond Ritter last year. So they're not going to throw him to the wolves if he's not ready. So I think it's, this is really going to be a measure of Bergeron's NFL readiness, right? If he's shows that he's ready to play and based off of, as Adnan said, they're valuing him enough to trade up in the draft and the, and the rumors that we heard that they were trying to jump back into round one from various folks, whether you buy that or not, or, whatever, and assume that was for potentially Bergeron tells us that the, the team thinks very highly of him. And hopefully they've learned their lessons from that Jalen Mayfield saga where they drafted a project and then threw him to the wolves, as we discussed earlier, and, and really kind of set him up to fail in that regard. So I, I think because of my belief in Bergeron, the player, the prospect and the team's belief in him, you know, assuming that he doesn't come out here and struggle in training camp, right? I think he'll be you know, the week one starter, right? You, you, Kevin, you talked about predicting Jalen Mayfield to be the week one starter. Like that wasn't that bold a prediction. It was just Jalen Mayfield was so bad <laughs> that the team had to basically, like, I guess we're going to start Josh Andrews. You know, like th there was no plan ever. You can never convince me that the team went into, came out of that offseason thinking Josh Andrews was going to start for them at left guard. They were just like, he's just a body, right? You know, and Jalen Mayfield's going to be the starter, but Mayfield was so bad that they were like, I guess we're starting Josh Andrews. Then he got hurt and then Mayfield got the job back. But I, I, you know, I think with Bergeron, assuming that he isn't terrible like that, you know, assuming that he's decent in training camp, 
ultimately, I do think he'll probably be the one that emerge, as Adnan said, because that's obviously the long term goal. And if he's ready to play, they'll play him. Yeah. Also, I, like, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He's also just physically. He he also has the the tools advantage over Matt Hennessy. Six foot five, three hundred twenty two. But like this guy's built like a guard. Uh, whereas you know, as I mentioned, Matt Hennessy has had some some issues with some of the more you know robust and stronger guards of the past. But you know, I do think at the end of the day, if uh, if Bergeron doesn't win that battle and if he's not the week one starter, I think we will get you know some very level headed and calm takes from Falcons Twitter, understanding your point, Aaron, about you know the Falcons not rushing rookies and nobody's really going to have. You know, nobody's going to be too upset about it on Falcons Twitter, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, I, very level-headed takes for sure. That's definitely what we get in in training camp every single year. Um, no, I, I I do think it's one that'll I think it'll play out longer than the Elijah Wilkinson Jalen Mayfield competition did uh, last year. That was decided like immediately. Um, so I do think that we'll see this probably lasts through the first preseason game. I would think at least, um, I think by the time the second preseason game rolls around, we should probably have this settled, but I think that I agree with both of you. Like we, and we said it in our post draft stuff too, like Matthew Bergeron, I think is just a much better player than Jalen Mayfield. I mean, he was picked around earlier in a trade up. I think Matthew Bergeron has superior athletic ability. He has superior size. I think he has superior technique. Uh, even for someone who didn't play a lot of guard. I mean, you were there at the senior bowl, Aaron, you saw Bergeron play guard for like 20, 30 snaps and, and, and he looked pretty good to me. I mean, he didn't look like he was having any issues and that's not the same as playing it in the NFL, you know, in, in a practice, but I think he's just a better player overall. And I, I think he's a lot more ready to, to switch positions given that he's played, you know, both sides of the offensive line and he's played tackle at a high level. He's just much more experienced I think he had like over 38 starts or something at Syracuse. Whereas I think Jalen Mayfield had like 14 starts in his college career. So it very different situation. And I think the Falcons have learned from the Jalen Mayfield mistake and they're not going to bother with trying to make Bergeron start out at tackle. Like if he's going to, if you want him to play left guard, like make, let him play left guard immediately. Don't waste everyone's time with this other stuff in training camp. And, um, I hope that they've learned their lesson there. It seems like they have. And I, I agree with both of you that I think it will be Bergeron, but I, I do think Matt Hennessy will put up like a fight. I mean, I think Hennessy can be a solid left guard starter. I think he's probably still best as like a center, but even if he doesn't win the battle, I think having Hennessy as like your primary interior backup is, is a good situation to be in. And I wouldn't expect him to get cut if he doesn't win the battle. I know they can save some money, but they don't really need the money. So it doesn't, it's not pressing for them to get that claw back that 2.7 million from Hennessy. Like it might've been in years past. Uh, so I, I agree with, with you guys takes. I think that it will be Bergeron as well. And I think we would all feel pretty good about that. Assuming he doesn't look like a complete train wreck in the preseason. Um, so, you know, the Falcons aren't exactly getting uh, easy <laughs> tests. Once again, we're probably going to see, Bad offensive line play in the first preseason game, uh, which seems to be an annual tradition for this team. But uh, it, it may get a little easier after that. Hopefully the depth is better, so it's not just completely unwatchable after the first string leaves the game. Um, did want to read uh, from Scat with the $5. Thank you, man. Really appreciate that. Says, love the show, guys. Thanks for all your efforts. 
Is there a chance we re-sign Rashawn Evans? Do we need him this year? It seemed like it seemed like they were gonna re-sign him at one point. Like Fontenot even mentioned it like publicly, and then it never happened. So I don't know what the answer is there, honestly. Um I think they certainly could use another veteran linebacker, like a third linebacker, especially if you're not sold on Michael Walker. But I don't at this point I don't know uh if they bring Rashawn Evans back. It may be that they sort of have like a handshake agreement. It's like, hey, you know, if none of these guys, like if you don't get a better offer, we'll bring you back, you know, in, you know, the first week of the preseason and get you back up to speed. Um, you know, maybe he's holding out for a starting job. I don't know. Um, I know that Dean Pease was a big fan of Rashawn Evans. It seems like maybe when Dean Pease retired, maybe that threw a wrench into things. But, you know, I don't really know what's going on with that. But I, I do think that they could probably use a veteran linebacker. But I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that because the deal I thought it was about to happen like after the draft and it seems like it never really did so uh you guys got any Rashawn Evans takes at this point no I got all the Rashawn Evans takes I knew it I knew Um, I knew I could count on you for that yeah (laughs) I I don't think there's he's coming back now my personal conspiracy theory is you know D-Led was kind of the first person to put that out there and you know no shade at D-Led but he's not necessarily known for breaking Falcons news so I didn't put a whole lot of stock in that and so part of me wants to say that Terry Fontenot mentioned him by name because D-Led asked him about Rashawn Evans. Like, what What about Rashawn Evans? Like, you like Rashawn. And that was it. But, I, you know, I I, I think the, the thing that's going to hurt Rashawn Evans moving forward and has hurt him throughout his NFL career, which is he's not very good on coverage. So, and, you know, that's not a good combination in today's NFL, uh, even with the running game kind of, you know, being resurgent and whatnot. Um, also, and you're leading that crusade to revive the running game, by the way. Continue. Yep. Absolutely. But the other thing that hurts for Sean Evans because he's been a starter his entire career is he doesn't play special teams. And at this point, because of his coverage limitations, I don't think any team that's not coordinated by Dean Pease is going to be giving him starting jobs. And so, therefore, you kind of have to play on special teams. And, you know, you compare him to a player like Paul Worlow. Like Paul Worlow was able to stay in the league for a couple more years after the moved on from the Falcons because he could play on special teams. And I don't, you know, and, and unless Rashawn Evans wants to reinvent himself as an ace special teams player, he, he could, you know, he's got the, the demeanor to, to be the classic sort of wedge buster. So he could do it. But um, unless that's really what he's shooting for, that I think that's part of the reason why, you know, it doesn't seem like teams are, you know, knocking down his door to bring him in. And I don't expect the Falcons to either. Cause I think they're probably good to go. Uh, you know, at the top three spots, that that fourth linebacker spot is is up for grabs, but that's mostly a special teams job. So I, I think that's why the Falcons aren't going to be too interested in bringing back Rashawn Evans. No, don't disagree with you there. I think that it it seems like if it was going to happen, it probably would have already happened. Um, and I agree with you. Like I don't think he's as good a fit in Ryan Nielsen's defense where they're going to play two linebackers and they're going to need them to be able to do all three jobs, right? They're going to need them to blitz. They're going to need them to defend the run. And Rashawn Evans checks both of those boxes just fine, but he doesn't cover and he doesn't really have the ability to cover at this point. I think it's pretty much, we, we know that he's like at best an average coverage linebacker on a good day and on a bad day, he's a liability. So it, it doesn't seem like he's as good of a fit for this defense it just seems like when he and Dean Pease were together, they just figured out a way to make it work. And they, he just played like an, an average to maybe even a slightly above average starter. But outside of Dean Pease, he's had 
pretty poor PFF grades and not been as effective. So it seems like Pease was really good at getting him where he needed to be. But now without that, it just doesn't seem like it's it's a priority. Um, so And the Falcons seem to really like all these UEFA types that they have kept. Like Dorian Etheridge has apparently been getting some hype. I, I liked Etheridge. He was like the preseason hero a couple of years ago. You know, Nate Landman was a the guy they kept around. Um, well, and then they Nate brought Land- in... Yeah, Nate Landman. Yeah, it's great. Um, this is a big This is a big Nate Landman, a pro-Nate Landman show. Yep. And uh, I, I do, I am uh, obliged morally, again, uh, on the side of morality here, to say that you, Aaron, you mentioned Paul Orlo. I have to mention that he is a, a friend of the show, Paul, Paul yes. Orlo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we hope that Paul is doing well. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah... I, I think they're going to see what happens with the guys they have. And, and obviously we'll talk about that on next week's show too. Um, but I, I think they have some good special teams players and like Andre Smith Jr. and Tay Davis that are probably fine as the fourth linebacker. It really just depends. Like if they trust Michael Walker as the third guy, then they don't really need to do anything. If they don't trust Michael Walker, then there's an opportunity that for them to maybe go out and sign someone. We don't know what they think at this point. Well, I guess we'll see in camp. Like if Michael Walker's not even working with the twos, then we'll know that, He's probably on the way out, but similar to Matt Hennessy, uh, they, the Falcons could save $2.7 million from moving on from Michael Walker. So if he's not going to be the primary depth piece, that could be a situation where they feel like they can get another veteran linebacker for like $1 million and save that $1.7 million against the cap for their emergency fund or to roll over or whatever. Um, I do sort of feel like he's the most likely of the three guys that are have that bigger cap hit of the guys on expiring rookie deals that he's the one that's probably most likely to be the cap casualty. But again, I, it's hard to say because he lost favor with the previous coaching staff, Dean Pease, but you know, Dean Pease is gone. Frank Bush still here who was his linebackers coach. So I, I just don't know what to think about that. It's kind of dicey, but um, good question for sure. And we'll talk more about it on the, uh, the uh, defensive Battles to watch next week, too. Uh, we'll get into that depth chart a little bit more. Um, good question, though. Thank you for your donation. Um, all right. Probably got to get to wide receiver. That's the one everyone probably tuned in. Uh, no, you're, you're good, Scat. Don't worry. It's fine. You can ask any questions you want. Uh, but wide receiver one, set in stone, 100% Drake London. Wide receiver two, I think we all are very confident it's going to be Matt Collins. Wide receiver three, I think we're all pretty confident it's going to be Scotty Miller. But then after that, it's completely anybody's guess uh, who is going to do what. It's wide open. You know, will they keep five? Will they keep six? Um, Most NFL teams keep six, but the Falcons don't play a lot of three wide receiver sets. So maybe they just go with five because they like to keep more tight ends because they like to keep a fullback. I don't know. Um, So I'm really curious. Aaron, I'll give you the first crack here. Do you agree with the top three basically being set in stone? If you don't, you can touch on that. But otherwise, who are you sort of eyeing as the the biggest contenders for these last couple roster spots? Well, officially, I do agree, Kevin, with the top three. But I'm, I'm a little hurt, you know, as the originator of the Kadero Hodge bandwagon that you did not <laughs> say that, uh, you know, the fourth spot is also locked up uh, I think it's, pretty well. Yeah, Agreed. I he was like yeah. just a hair out of roster lock for me, uh, but I do agree that Kadero Hodge is probably the safest of every other wide receiver, not in the top three. But, I mean, nine but, special team tackles yeah. last year that led the team, yeah. and so, I, I, yeah, they gave him a new I contract. Agree. I, I do think that he's like he's the most likely to be the wide receiver four slash five or whatever. But uh, so we, we'll 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 put that there with Kadero Hodge. You know, we'll pencil him in for wide receiver four. So I yeah. will say. 
I will say if if something happens and Kaderil Hodge ends up, you know, getting cut and not making the roster, I I will be that guy in late August tweeting out my my fury as <laughs> Daryl Hodge not making the roster spot <laughs> as the wide receiver four and special teams player. And I'm pretty sure those around me will be like, dude, just go touch some grass. Because I'm that guy every year talking about some third string guy that the Falcons will rule the day that they cut. You know, I, I got I got some Leroy Watson takes that we can dust off from last year. <laughs> Uh, you know, but we need, uh, we need to come up. We need a name <laughs> for like the Hodge stands. I'm, I'm working on. I'm working on. What do you guys think of like hedgehogs? Like hedgehogs? You could be the hedgehogs. You know, the the Kedrell Hodge stands. I don't know. We'll workshop it. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll, we'll workshop, workshop it. More. But yeah, that's it, my early Hodge attempt. Hodge. Yeah. The hedgehogs. Yeah. yeah. No. No. This team. This team's going nowhere because you know they cut Kedrell Hodge and yeah. you know now the. It's like Auden Tate. It's like Auden Tate last year. Yeah. <laughs> So much hype for so little substance, but uh, look, that first preseason, that first uh, training camp practice was magical, and then unfortunately there was nothing else from Auden Tate after that. But uh, we'll always then have that like one was, practice. Then he looked like he was moving in quicksand the rest of uh, the rest of training camp. Yep. So, but yeah, I am curious. You know, like, it seems like like opinions are all over the place. They brought in like a million guys, and they've been sort of shuffling this group. I know. Obviously, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was like the big name as a former second-round pick. Uh, I know Josh Lee has kind of been maybe the one we should be paying more attention to. It seems like he's higher up the depth chart than people think. They brought in you know, Georgia State star Penny Hart. Uh, a couple of UDFAs. Frank Darby's still here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Kevin, you know, I think pro- – I'm curious if you guys agree with this, but I think I went into the offseason thinking, oh, this is Jared Bernhardt's yeah, spot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then he retired, and then yeah. it was like, oh, no. What's yeah. happening? I don't know what to so, do anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Josh Ali is probably the guy that I, I probably put out there just because he's going to be in the mix for that punt return job. Same with Penny Hart. So I feel like assuming that, like, D. Alford or Mike Hughes doesn't win that punt return job, um, <clears throat> sorry, it'll be one of those wide receivers, and I think that will be – sort of the deciding factor for that fifth wide receiver spot behind, you know, the big four that include Kadero Hodge. Um, but yeah, I, I think Josh Ali's the intriguing one just because I think he probably brings a little bit more potential on offense because he brings a little bit more size. And, you know, he did a lot of the things that Arthur Smith wants in a receiver. He was a big time yak guy at Kentucky. He also stretched the field. He, he, I think he was their primary deep threat over Wandale Robinson when, when him and those two were starting, you know, two years ago. So, you know, certainly the Falcons could use another, you know, speed threat at that position. So I think Josh Ali's got an intriguing set of variables in his favor to potentially emerge as, as that guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I was sort of surprised because I didn't, I'm sorry, guys, I did not grind that Josh Ali tape uh, this offseason. <laughs> That's not something that was on my list, but you know, you see OTA reports and you see the pre- and then they're like, oh, Josh Lee's playing like with the second team. Like he's he's one of the main guys in punt, you know, return stuff. So that to me obviously makes a big difference. Um, you know, they, they've brought in a lot of veteran guys. They brought in some really interesting UDFAs. Like I love Zay Malone, Xavier Malone. I think he's he's the one I have circled of like total wild cards um, to make it. 
because I think he's really talented, actually. Um, and sort of, if you haven't watched, like, I, I tell you guys this every time I mention Xavier Malone. Go find Xavier Malone's Henderson State tape and just pop that on and just tell me you're not, like, sold because it is hilarious. I think he had, like, 1,400 yards, averaged over 20 yards per catch on, like, 80 catches. And just, he's just trucking people. This dude's, like, 5'8". Like, 5'8", 180 or something. So he's thick. But, like, I you don't see a lot of deep, like, People in D2 can still tackle. It's not that they can't tackle. It's just they're not very – he's clearly more athletic than everyone. But when you get a linebacker dead to rights on a tackle and he breaks the tackle, that, that impresses me, even if it's D2, you know. So um, he's really interesting. But uh, Adnan, you got a favorite or a couple favorites out of this group that you're interested in? Well, I will say that I agree that it is a big four. Um, after that, I think Aaron makes a really good point about the, the punt returner battle. Uh that feels like a golden ticket. You know, if you can sort of win that battle, if you're a Josh Holly or Penny Hart, like that's your golden ticket to the 53 man roster. You know, it's like a, like one of those Willy Wonka, like golden tickets. Hey, you, you want that NFL contract beat out Mike Hughes and, and D Alford for, for that return job, because, you know, RIP Avery Williams, well, RIP 2023 Avery Williams, uh, you know, he'll be back next year, but you know, that was, that was a big loss. Um, I will say, uh, just you know, I know I'm supposed to be objective, but I'm not going to be. I'm uh, I'm rooting for Penny Hart to win that job, uh, just because you know, go Panthers. As a as someone who graduated from Georgia State twice, I I feel like it is you know my moral obligation to support my fellow Georgia State Panther, uh, Penny Hart, in in making this roster. Also, he's uh, he, he's also pretty good too, like. You know, he, he was a beast with Georgia State. You know, he didn't really get too much playing time with Seattle, but, you know, he's 5'8", which kind of sucks. But, you know, he can move out there. He, he's a very good wide receiver. It would be very funny. Not funny, but it would be very um, – well, yeah, it would be funny, too. If the Falcons sort of rehab J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, you know, if he, like, makes this roster and he ends up being what the Eagles thought he would, and I feel like that would be – that would be very satisfying for me for me to watch and just because you know that you know those those degenerates up in philly will be losing their minds over that um but it, it is it is probably going to be the most exciting uh udfa battle udfa but it's full it's filled with udfas we can even call it that honestly um <laughs> just like it is every year you know every single year there's always that wide receiver battle it always captivates our attention it's going to be what we're focusing in on in quarter four preseason game number three uh it's it, it's the same you know it's the same cycle every single year and i do think that jared bernhardt retiring abruptly uh does sort of you know, open up one of those spots, you know, that you didn't expect. I don't think I wasn't penciling Bernhard in as a starter, but I did think he was, you know, probably among the favorites to make that roster because he did it last year. And, you know, we saw, we saw his chemistry with Desmond Herter in last year's preseason, but you know, there's, there's a few spots here, wide receiver and running back where, you know, suddenly that roster spot is open because of because of injuries slash retirements, you know, things that you didn't really see coming. And, you know, one one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity, and that's sort of what training camp in the preseason is all about. 
Yeah. No, I I think you're right there. And this is it's always one of the most fun to watch. Because look, like it's it's wide receiver in training camp. It's always going to get hype. It's fun to watch wide receivers catch passes. It's fun to watch guys make acrobatic catches. It's fun to watch offense like it is. Like It's one of the ones that's easier to track for the average fan, too. And it makes it great for content. And it's fun. Like I mean, there's nothing wrong with people being obsessed with the wide receiver battle. It, it helps the Falcons have like a very unsettled wide receiver core, so it gets extra spicy because of that. But um, I am curious. Do you guys think they'll keep five or six? I know Joe in the chat says he thinks they might even keep four which would be definitely the lowest of any team in the NFL, I would think, if they only keep four. But, um, Aaron, I'm curious, do you think they're going to keep end up keeping five or six receivers? I have them with five, um, you know, with that fifth one being either Hart or uh, Josh Ali, whoever wins that punt return job. But, you you know, if if the Falcons are serious about playing Bijan and, and CP at wide receiver this year, you – this is probably the one team that could get away with keeping just four. So I don't think it's likely you just want to have that extra body just in case, but you know, it's not as crazy as it would normally seem. No. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's legitimately interesting, especially if they want to keep five tight ends, which they did for a lot of the year last year. Um, It'd be hilarious if they had more tight ends and wide receivers. Uh. (laughs) Well, you know, Arthur Smith wants to keep five tight ends. It's a question of where, Will Terry let him do it? Yes. He spent so much time thinking about if he could. You know, he never stopped to think about if he should. (laughs) I'm seeing Arthur Smith giving just an impassioned speech in Terry Fontenot's office about why Felipe Franks needs to make the roster as a a PowerPoint. No, he doesn't even have a PowerPoint. It's like a physical presentation thing where you flip the paper up and he's got, you know, like seven slides about why Felipe Franks is the best uh, player to keep for that spot. Felipe, will you come in here for a second? Look (laughs) at these biceps. (laughs) Look at this man. That's a a slab of beef. Who's carved up? Felipe. <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, that that is that is another one we could touch on briefly, but yeah, Adnan, do you think they'll keep five or, or six or even four? What do you where do you land on that? Uh, I'm I'm landing on the safe guess of five here. Uh, four four feels very frisky. Um, I I think that this team won't keep the the traditional like six just because this team pretty much plays Kyle Pitts, yeah. you know, yeah. at the X, like Kyle Pitts is, is the wide receiver one uh, on this roster, more or less. He's just not the wide receiver one in name on the depth chart, but in everything else, he, he's the guy lined up out wide. So, you know, them keeping five is pretty much like them keeping six. John U. Smith's yeah. the tight end too. He's the, he's the de facto tight end one as, as you would traditionally expect that position on, on any other roster. So, I'm going with five. Uh, hope it's Penny Hart. Uh, I can see. I can see it if it's Hart or Ali. Whoever wins that punt. If if one of those guys wins the punt return job. If one of those guys doesn't win the punt return job, then that sort of opens the door a little more for someone like an Arcega Whiteside or someone like you know a Xavier Malone or may, you know maybe even one of these guys is good enough as a wide receiver themselves uh, and they showcase enough with with the offense to make the roster outright and then it's it's just a bonus having that backup punt returner on the roster just in case something happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I just got to go to bat for my man, Zay Malone. I, I love that. I love that man's tape. So I hope that he does show out um, because he, he seems like he'd be a lot of fun. But 
part of me wonders, like, also, like, you mentioned, you know, Kadero Hodge, I think we all think he's probably going to be the, like, one of the two guys they keep in addition to the top three. But I wonder if they go for, because, you know, you've got Drake and you've got Mac Hollins, who are both that sort of big receiver. And then you've got Scotty Miller, who's more of that speed, you know, small, shifty receiver. And it's, they got those kind of two archetypes on the roster right now. They've got one group of, like, the bigger guys, which has, like, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and, you know, Josh Ali's a little bit bigger. And you've got, you know, Chris Blair in that mix, too, who was just signed recently. And then you've got the sort of smaller, shiftier guys, Penny Hart. Zay Malone, uh, Frank Darby, Slade Bolden, you know, Kylon Harris. So I wonder if, are they looking for another big guy? In which case, maybe they lean more towards that Ortega-Whiteside mold. Or are they looking for another speed guy to have two of those speed guys? Because I think Kadero Hodge is kind of versatile. Like, he can do a little bit of either one, you know. He's just kind of that jack-of-all-trades receiver. So I, I think that is one thing that's going to be interesting is that do they actually, would they like to have two speed guys and two big guys plus Hodge or do they want more big guys, you know, or whatever. So that, I'm curious about that, if that helps someone like a Penny Hart or a Zay Malone have an advantage there. But um, yeah, that's just something to monitor. But yeah, uh, is any other spots you guys want to touch on? I know Adnan, you mentioned running back. Did you want to hit on that uh, before we sign off here? Um, well, the only thing is I do want to reemphasize that I think that they will sign one of these veteran options. Mm. Uh, I feel like running back was one of those uh, positions that was just straight up locked. Yeah. Uh, and now it's not because Avery Williams went down. But I definitely think that they're going to need more than three uh, just because they're Having having another uh, running back will let them sort of uh, pl- plug and play Cordero Patterson wherever they want. Uh, you know, he can go out there as you know as a wide receiver and Bijan Robinson as well. Like they they can sort of move them around. Whereas if you only have those three, you can't really do that as much. Uh, Caleb Huntley is probably going to be on the PUP list. We don't even know when Caleb Huntley is going to be back. We don't know if he'll be the same after he comes back because the Achilles tear is one of the worst injuries that any position in football can suffer, let alone running back. That's yeah. it's been sort of a derailing injury. And we hope that that's not the case with Huntley and that he comes back even better than before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would be hard pressed to imagine that the team doesn't make any signings at the running back position at the very least for competition. Yeah. Um, but we have three out of the four, and there's there's one spot left. I just don't know who it's going to be because I don't think that that player is currently on the roster. Yeah, I agree with you there. There are a lot, there always are, but there are a lot of interesting veteran running backs out there. Obviously, you have the guy, the big names. I don't think the Falcons are going to be interested in any of those big name guys like Elliot Cook, like Leonard Fournette. You know, even like Kareem Hunter, those guys. I don't think they're going to go that far unless those guys are willing to take like a cheap deal, but I don't think they will. Um, so I think you you go down the list a little bit to like Dontrell Hilliard from the Titans. I think he'd be perfect. Uh, like Daryl Williams from the Cardinals is someone I've always liked. You know, Daryl Henderson uh, from the Jags. Also someone like Justin Jackson most recently with the Lions. So, I mean, I think any of those guys would be ideal sort of just depth running backs that you know can come in and, and play 
Um, so that that's I do think we're going to get at least one more running back, maybe two. I don't know if they'll both be like those type of veterans or if we'll get another UDFA in here, but I I do uh, think that we're going to because like they're not giving Carlos Washington like twenty five carries because that I mean we're going to have like Bichon and, and Algier and Patterson get like a handful of carries in like the preseason and then it's not and then they're going to be gone like they're not going to need to they don't need those guys taking carries and, and hits in the preseason so um i think it's just a matter of time until we see these running backs come in but aaron what do you think about that group yeah i do feel like the, it's likely at the very least they'll they'll add a body just to get them through the preseason games as you say because you know Pat patterson ain't touching the field at all in the preseason yeah. uh and, and Bijan will probably get the hook after one series you know uh and yeah so um yeah i don't i don't really have any additional thoughts other than what adnan shared at the running back position i, I do think they'll probably shuffle that roster spot and you know maybe we do get carlos washington getting 25 carries in the first preseason game and, and if he runs for 150 yards and you know we'll we'll start that bandwagon up yeah i mean they to be fair, like they've done this each of the last two years, they've just been like, "Oh, let's just bring in a bunch of UDFA's," and like the UDFA's are like great. And it's like, "Oh, look, we got some, we got some players here." You know, that's Caleb Huntley last year, right? So, uh, it, hey, it, maybe Carlos Washington's actually really good. And that's why they haven't added any more running backs. I don't know, but um, we'll see. Uh, I, I do think it's it's at least intriguing to see who they bring in because they're they're gonna bring in somebody. But again, whether that you know, I don't know why they haven't already signed Dontrell Hilliard, honestly. Uh, I feel like he just makes too much sense coming from a, a similar system too. So uh, we'll see uh, who ends up coming in. But guys, thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate everyone for hanging out with us here on the Falcoholic Live. I uh, want to thank my great guest this evening, Aaron Freeman at Falcfans, host of the Locked on Falcons podcast and uh, occasional contributor at the Falcoholic. Not that we're uh, expecting much in in the depths of uh, July, Aaron. But uh, you know, occasionally you see some some bangers. He's got some bangers on the foul call from time to time. So I've, I've had a wide receiver article in in draft for like three months. You know, yeah, so maybe I'll finish yeah. that. It's yeah. coming. It's cooking. It's it's baking. You know, you gotta sometimes you gotta let it let it rest right before yeah, you serve you just, it. Yeah, you just by letting it rest, I completely forgot about it for <laughs> two of those months. So yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but you know, either way, uh, Aaron, you know, let the people know where they can find you and then what you, what you got going on. Well, I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. I'll probably pop back on when when training camp starts. But you know, between now and then, if if you want to follow me on Twitter, by all means, do so uh, at Falcons. Uh, but more than likely, you can get my thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons each and every day on Locked On Falcons podcast on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely, guys, check that out. And then, of course, my co-host Adnan, you get at Say Which Way Adnan. Looking forward to getting down to Atlanta and hitting training camp with you. But in the Meantime, anything else you got going on you want to let the people know about? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm working on a Kyle Pitts fantasy football preview article oh, that I think will be going on. Uh, I think it'll be going on at SP Nation's like big website. So, I mean, I'm not sure if it will or won't, but it'll definitely be going somewhere. And I'll let you know where, when, you know, the people who make more money than I do decide. Um, yeah. So, right now just uh working on that and i will also be starting production writing on my um yearly article looking at La- looking at atlanta's franchise cornerstones by yearly i mean this will be year two i did it once last year and i decided i'm gonna do it again so hopefully i'll have that ready to go by the time we start 
preseason week one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, appreciate your time as always. Uh, not appreciate everyone for hanging out with us tonight. As I said, guys, if you're interested donating to the training camp fund, you can do so streamlabs.com slash the falcoholic slash tip. You can do that even when we're off the air. Just make sure to leave your message and we will read it on the next show. Uh, appreciate you guys for liking and subscribing. Leave a comment if you got battles that you'd like us to pay attention to, battles you want to talk about. I'd love to see your thoughts as well, folks. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast audio, be sure to leave us that five-star review. Join the community Discord server. The link is in the show description, and that's going to be heating up, of course, as we get closer to training camp. You can follow the show at Falcoholic Live on Twitter, uh, and check out our Patreon. If you're interested in hitting up those patron fantasy leagues, which, of course, are one of the big draws, it seems like, every year, uh, patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Uh, those will be forming right around the end of the month, right around the time training camp kicks off, and we'll be uh, drafting, I think, starting preseason week one. So if you want to get in on that, make sure to join that within the next couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, guys, you can follow me, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, check out thefalcoholic.com for all that tremendous written content from our group of very talented writers, including Adnan and occasionally Aaron. You know, that article's been cooking for a while, so I'm expecting big things when it does come out. But uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much again. Uh, appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. We are almost there. We're almost out of the dead period, and then it'll be off to the races full steam ahead uh, into training camp in the preseason. Can't wait, guys. Thank you once again for hanging out with us here on the Falcoholic Live. We'll see you next time, folks. Have a great night. Uh, oh, yeah. Before I go, show is brought to you by Bet Online. So, hey, check it out. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.